Hi, Fighting for Joy listeners. I'm so glad you found my podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And as always, I love when you tell somebody else about the podcast. So please continue to share it with others and spread the message of hope and joy, even in the middle of difficult circumstances. Now, before I get started with today's episode, I just wanted to remind you about my sponsor, Faithful Counseling. If you've been a regular podcast listener, you know that throughout our entire grief journey, our family has been greatly helped by Christian counseling. And because of that, it is something that I will continue to recommend to you. The challenge can come with actually finding quality counseling and finding a counselor that is a good match for you. Well, Faithful Counseling, an online Christian counseling service, reached out to me a while back asking to sponsor the Fighting for Joy podcast. I was super excited about how something like this could help me to continue to grow and expand the podcast, but I of course wanted to try out their services before I would be willing to recommend them to you. So I signed up, and friends, I was so impressed. Faithful Counseling paired me with an amazing therapist. I so looked forward to each session with her, and she really helped me to make even more progress in my grief and helped me through a number of other smaller issues that I just needed to work on. Faithful Counseling will pair you with a professional licensed counselor as well, who will combine biblical wisdom with their clinical expertise in mental health to help you address your unique situation. And if for some reason you are matched with a counselor that does not seem to be a good fit, they will help you to quickly and easily switch to a different therapist. Faithful Counseling's unique platform gives you the ability to connect with your counselor at any time, and I loved that part of it. Your interactions are not limited to individually scheduled sessions. Instead, they offer a number of ways to connect with your therapist. You can FaceTime, talk on the phone, or even take advantage of their unlimited text messaging option. The counselors are easily accessible and willing to communicate frequently and in the ways that are most comfortable and convenient for you. I personally found the weekly FaceTime calls the most helpful because I wanted that face-to-face option, but I also texted my counselor throughout the week in between our sessions with various questions and concerns. So if you want to find out more about Faithful Counseling and see if they might be a good fit for you, I encourage you to visit their website. And don't forget, if you use my discount code, you will even receive 10% off. So check it out at faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy. The details about that code will be in my show notes, so if you're listening to this on the go, you can go back and find it later. But I just want to say it again, quality counseling is a worthy investment. It is such a powerful tool in the fight for joy in the midst of this broken world. It has certainly helped me, and I pray that it may provide the same help and hope to some of you. Again, that is faithfulcounseling.com slash fightingforjoy. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. And once again, my husband Eric has agreed to join me, and today we are going to talk about one of the tools that we use almost every day in our fight for joy, and that is physical movement, physical exercise, working out, whatever we want to call it, but regularly, if not daily, moving and taking care of our bodies, staying active and taking care of this one body that we have been given. And as we will talk about today, physical exercise and movement goes way beyond physical wellness into stronger mental health and even for us, deeper spiritual health. 
Back in season two of the podcast, I have two. I had two of my friends on um, to have conversations around this topic. My friend Jenny was on episode 18, sharing about how she fights for joy with physical activity. And my friend Naomi was on episode 19, talking about how we can fight for joy with holistic care and pursuing health in all areas, body, soul, and spirit. So if you haven't listened to those two episodes yet, they will go well with our conversation today as this episode will bring both of those ideas together and even expand them a little bit by talking about our personal experiences with these two topics. So welcome, Eric. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited about this topic. I am too. I have my coffee here. We're ready to roll. Good. Great. Well, we both grew up in active homes and We've always tried to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, We both were in sports growing up, both active in college, you especially swimming at the college level. We were active as newlyweds. We like to smile back as we look at our little tennis lessons. We did. (laughs) We did take tennis lessons. Yep. Tried to find a new active hobby to do as newlyweds. Um, When the kids were little, I did a class at the Y called Rock and Stroll, where I pushed the babies around in uh, strollers in the gym to rock and roll music. That was fun. That was that was cutting edge, actually, back in like 98, 97 and a half. That was a long long time ago. Yeah, but we we've just tried um, to stay active as a family, Uh, bike rides, family walks, hiking, uh, hoops in the driveway, kickball in the backyard, running 5Ks. You and the kids uh, competed in a team triathlon. You do triathlons. We love all kinds of water sports, water skiing, tubing, wakeboarding, swimming. Uh, You and Grace love to snowboard and the list goes on. Yeah, it's been fun to stay active. And um, I think for me personally on my journey, it's... um, I got into sports, like you said, through competition, and that was both good and bad. It it helped me wrestle through some things, and um, and then after being done with swimming in college, I I was pretty burned out and didn't really like physical exercise after that for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in a lot of the healing and a lot of working through uh, grief, and even well before grief struck, as it did deeply for us. Um, I did take a few years off and have to re had to rethink through what is exercise, what role does it play in my life, and do I really need it, and can I just be twenty something right now? And um, so I'm excited to kind of share some of the journeys of yeah. things that I've had to unwind or unravel from some of the goods and bads of being at higher uh, level sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it definitely changes through the different seasons of life and feel like we've both gotten now to a good place where we have individual habits and rhythms of just making sure that we are getting our workouts in, you know, running long walks for you, you're training for your next competition. Um, We're both trying to do more strength training as we get older. Physical exercise is just, it's a big part of our life. Um, And although, you know, it was a huge tool in our lives before Jackson died, as you said, man, it has just become even more important and helpful in grief. Yeah. It has. Well, let's just start out by talking about why. I mean, why do you think that this has been so helpful for us over the years? And, you know, as we talk about it, I think it might even be helpful to talk about it twice. First, just in general, like how has integrating exercise into our lives over the years helped us? 
And then secondly, these past eight and a half years specifically, how has it helped us as we have grieved? So first, just in general, over the span of our 50 years so far, why do you think regular exercise um, has helped our fight for joy in such a big way? I think it affirms how we were created. We weren't just created as souls that got stuck into some physical matter. We were created as body and soul. We are whole beings. They can't be separated one from each other. That's Mm -hmm. what Adam and Eve were were built with. When God breathed into them life, um, they had body and soul. And as we look at the chapters of history and where we're going, the redemption, the restoration of all things will be material, will be body and soul. Um, Mm -hmm. We're still not going to be separated, disembodied members of a soul going around some clouded place. We we really will be restored uh, physically. And so there's a lot to be said about valuing the material world even after the fall and that we are in fact whole beings Mm -hmm. yeah i think it can be tempting to try to compartmentalize our body and our mind and our soul and our spirit separate from one another but you're right it just it doesn't work that way god created us as whole beings and what helps one part of our being often helps another part when we pay attention to our bodies that affects the health of our minds and caring for ourselves physically ultimately helps us to care for ourselves mentally and emotionally um, and vice versa. Yeah, it, it does. I, I uh, quoted Kelly Capick's book last episode and maybe the last two episodes when I've been your guest, Mm -hmm. Uh, you're only human and I'm rereading it through again, a, a second time slower in some ways and highlighting certain things. And he's got a whole chapter on this, One of the great quotes from there is, we can't separate ourselves from our bodies because we do not exist as bodiless selves, but as both body and and soul. We are human creatures made to relate to God, our neighbors, and even the earth in and through our our physicality. This is not a consequence of sin, but rather God's good design for us. Space and time are the arena of our physicality, especially enabling us to be present with each other. Consequently, we need to be touched both physically and spiritually, and this need goes well beyond sexuality to an expression of trust and affirmation. I just think it's such a rich um, it's such a rich concept and full-bodied truth to say that, we relate to one another, not just as two souls. Although I love the idea of intermingling our souls, but that's done with our bodies. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just think the soul is not more important than the body. Um, the body and soul can't be separated and we've got to take care of both of them. We've got to take care of both both sides. I know that when we don't feel good physically, mm-hmm. that can connect to not feeling good mentally, spiritually, um, and vice versa too. When we, when we start having seasons where we're extra stressed and anxious and we're not taking care of our physical bodies, that is going to show up in, in ways that's just out of balance. Yeah. 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 So if we, you know, need to look at our fight for joy holistically, let's just kind of rattle off here a few ways that, 
um, physical exercise uh, does help us in all of these different areas or parts of our being. So physically, I mean, what are some things that that jump out at you? Why why do we want to um, take care of our physical bodies? What does that bring to our life when we have um, a body that we've taken care of? I think that it does help us to engage um, in all sorts of different activities with one another. Like you mentioned at the start, I mean, one of the reasons why I like to go out on runs today is to continue to stay at a physical place where I can connect with my daughter, Mm -hmm. snowboarding, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and uh, be able to get out of bed the next day and (laughs) be able to take in God's creation and, and good world that he's, that he's built. And you do need a body to be able to do that one that can um, kind of survive some of the ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when we went to visit my brother Dwight and his family in Montana and, you know, they just said, well, let's go for a hike. And it was, it just feels good to be able to say, sure. And, you know, three, four, five miles later to, yeah, like you said, not be paying for it the next day to be able to pull that off. Um, I remember when we were at a polka festival for Turner and, you found out that there was a 5k the next morning and you were able to sign up on the spot to run the next day. I mean, you, you were at a place where you could pull that off last minute. Um, and you know, we do, we just want to age better. We want to feel better. You know, for me in premenopause, it's helping me to kind of balance out some of the stressors of this huge life transition. Um, I know we both want to be healthy and involved grandparents. Um, and, you know, just the heart and brain health benefits of taking care of our physical bodies. Somebody pointed out to me the observation that most people end up in care facilities not because something goes terribly wrong with their mm. internal health, but because they lose strength. They don't have a strong core anymore and become, you know, no longer able to just do basic things like getting in and out of chairs or bed or the bathtub and just become really weak and dependent on others to care for them. So I think, you know, a big motivation for us, a big encouragement is just to have a full, long, healthy life. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, you know, uh, practically um, for me, the Nike training app became free during uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, that does have videos connected with it that starts from beginner all the way up to just show some basic exercises. And I think for me, you know, running in this stage of my life, being able to bike, being able to swim is a great way to stress relief. And it also has to be combined with weight, you know, weights of um, some sort. And Mm -hmm. uh, just because you can be endurance, um, it doesn't mean that your upper body and the rest of your body is good. So I really do try to connect with that as well. I think it reduces headaches for me with my neck and with my back. Um, and it's not lifting a ton and it's not lifting six days a week. It's being able to incorporate that into your week amongst the other things that you're doing. Um, especially like you said, as you get older, Mm -hmm. um, it may not be as much weights, but it's important to keep that physical and core and muscle strength up. Yeah. I think we're learning that too, that we, there are things we need to do to take care of our body that may not be our favorites. I mean, I think, yeah, right. you know, if, if your favorite is running and my favorite is long walks, um, you know, there's still, like you said, days that we need to fit in strength training. There's still days that we need to, you know, do other things that um, are available or fit better into our schedule. And it's not always just doing our favorite thing all the time. Right. 
Um, let's kind of switch into mentally. Um, you know, I was reading a study that showed adding regular exercise, particularly if it was paired with the vitamin D of sunshine, mm. was just as effective as anti-anxiety or antidepressant drugs. They had given uh, one group of people the medication without having them do any added physical activity. And then they gave the other group a placebo pill, but had them go for a daily walk. And they tried to get them outside whenever possible. And it was a year-long study, and it showed just amazing results of that second group, the ones taking the placebo pill, but adding exercise, Mm. um, they exceeded the first group, the one taking the actual prescription drugs in their reported levels of happiness, productivity, energy, and even relational improvement. So it's fascinating to think on the ways that moving our bodies can affect our minds and our joy. I think that's right. And I think that in our jobs and in our in our lives, there's always natural amount of stress there. There's mm-hmm. always the stresses at the office. There's stresses to be able to hit deadlines. There's stresses with, with family. And stress in and of itself is not bad. It is something to push through. It does make us stronger. Um, but it's when it becomes an anxiety piece that the stress begins to malfunction. And I think physically for me, one of the easiest ways to continue to do that is to just bring it to the Lord and, and say, God, I I realize that I'm finite here and I can't figure this out and you gotta, I'm gonna give this to you and then I'm gonna go run. Mm-hmm. And just to be able to recognize that I'm not God, I'm not fully able to be all by myself. I'm dependent upon him. I'm dependent upon others. And I got to just walk away from certain things sometimes and just let him have it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then get on the uh, treadmill, go off a run and just blow off that steam. And that stress um, does have a way as we kind of pray through it and as we kind of run through it um, to keep it from being an anxious thing all tied up in your body um, where then you can't sleep and you can't eat and you can't function right and you just feel lousy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a good way to remind me that, all right, this is good. I've pushed this as hard as I can. I'm finite. Let's go run. And uh, man, it just... It just does feel good to blow off that stress and steam and Mm -hmm. be restored afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there is no denying that the level of stress and worry and anxiety that um, our world and our culture deals with is a lot. And um, there are many ways to deal with stress. Um, a lot of people run to that, run to alcohol, uh, shopping, um, you know, sleeping. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's such a healthy way to naturally um, relieve and release a lot of these daily worries and stresses. Um, And, you know, for me, when I exercise, no two days are really the same. I mean, sometimes I'm pretty quiet. I'm breathing. I'm thinking, like you said, just trying to release some stress. Um, And it can be a way to just get some clarity um, to kind of clear my mind of some of the commotion that this crazy world brings into my thought life to just kind of quiet myself and step away from life for a little bit. But it also can be a powerful means to fill my mind, um, to yeah. listen to podcasts, to listen to music, to get kind of energized and pumped up. And it often fills my mind and my heart with with dreams and plans and ideas. And this podcast was dreamt up over yeah. the course of walking right. many, many miles. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I would say the uh, you know same thing. This isn't about just grinding out one more uh, workout. This is about 
enjoying the process and being present for that and seeing what the Lord has for you in that. Um, I love to put on beats and listen to loud and good music when I run. I love to take in scenery. Um, I've spent a lot of time on the uh, you know treadmill running. And, you know, the my favorite D.A. Carson quote from years back is 15 minutes a day of reading gets you a thousand books done in your lifetime. That that doesn't mm. seem like a lot of reading and a lot of time. But, man, having a Kindle on the uh, treadmill with very large font and spending mm-hmm. 15 minutes reading through there, that's where I've knocked out just a ton of books. Mm-hmm. And it has fed my soul and my, and my mind and my heart and my dreams and affections and hope. Mm-hmm. While I'm sweating my brains out, it's it's been a really good thing. Podcast when you run, like I mm-hmm. said, you know, or like you know, you said when you walk and run, music, um, those things have been super helpful beyond just getting out there and grinding it out because I know it's good for me. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're kind of getting us directed that way anyway. But let's talk about spiritually. So, you know, while we exercise, um, boy, it's a helpful way to work on our time with the Lord to draw closer to him, to feel him drawing closer to us. Um, I feel like there are a lot of spiritual benefits to physical exercise as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I do think it's been a time to kind of quiet my mind and see, see where my thought life goes, see where my prayer life goes, see what the Lord brings to mind from his scripture. That's a great way to listen to the Lord of uh, verses that you've read, verses that you've committed to your mind may come back at mm-hmm. weird times. And it does happen when I run and it does happen when I exercise and it is a good time to just uh, commune with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do pray a lot when I'm yeah, walking and running and even sometimes weightlifting too, just um, thinking through and sharing with the Lord what's on my heart. Um I like to learn through podcasts. I um, have a lot of spiritually focused podcasts that I like to listen to. I work on memorizing Bible verses. I know you do too. And like you already mentioned, we're both constantly looking for beauty, um, which for both of us pointing us to the bigness of God, to his world and his creative and powerful ways. And we both like to stop and take pictures and just soak it in um, to pay attention and notice things around us and just to see God all around. Um, it's also a time when I like to practice gratitude. I'm pretty intentional about starting out my walks and my runs that way. It's just been a good way for me to step out from the daily grind and really look at yeah. the big picture of what God's doing in my life and the ways that I see him at work. And then, like I said, to bring my needs and requests to him. Yeah. The only thing I would add there is when you do take pictures on your runs, make sure you stop when you do it. Cause uh, <laughs> I was in Berlin visiting Turner and might've gone through one of the parks, uh, right after a huge storm with branches everywhere and might've, you know, rolled my ankle a bit. So you that just, happened to you in California too. <laughs> I was you do looking need to up stop. at the cliffs <laughs> while I was running on the sidewalk on the beach. And yeah. I did um, have a physical ailment that mm-hmm. was pretty, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. My knee was not happy with me. Yeah. Okay. And then one other, um, one other area is, uh, relationally. Let's just talk quickly about the ways that physical, uh, exercise can grow us, uh, in relationships. Um, to go back to Jenny's podcast episode again, I mean, I loved her emphasis on how she has built community at the YMCA yeah. and, 
uh, sharing about the different ways that it's brought special friendships for her at the Y. Um, it is a great way to find like-minded people who enjoy the same things, you know, to build that community at a gym or through a walking club. Um, that's a great way to do it. I, I know for me, um, walking in particular has been really key to my friendships on really any given week. I try to use at least one or two of my walks as a way to connect with local friends Um, I've also found it a great way to connect more regularly with long distance friends. Um, it's a good time for me to Voxer or Marco Polo or even call Justine, our daughter who lives in Chattanooga. And, uh, it's a good time for me to foster my continued relationship with her across the miles. Yeah. I think that working out doesn't have to be a solitude, um, deal every time it certainly can. And it certainly can be a way to be restored. Um, but you know, being able to go to the pool with my dad, hang out with him, we're not trying to pound out, you know, 10,000 yards in a day. We do get to talk. We do get to, you know, connect. Um, the, uh, Strava app itself has been really fun. I get to watch all of Justine's workouts that we're kind of, you know, sharing back and forth. As you said, we're both training for this race coming up and, um, other friends that are on there. Um, I, I think it, uh, worked too. It does. It does connect me to some people that maybe I don't work with on a you know day to day basis. Uh, my friend, you know Willie, that's there. That that dude can lift some serious weight, and we've had some good conversations just in and out of mm-hmm. in and out of the you know locker room. And and I may never have met him at the bank. Um, yeah. So it it's definitely it it is definitely a place to be able to uh, you know um, connect with others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a smaller town like ours. Um, you know, there are times that I really am longing for and needing time alone, and I have certain paths that I take for that. But there's also times when I have space in my day and I go to places on purpose where a lot of people are walking and it's fun to connect and visit with people that are not in my regular circle of, of friendship. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so we've kind of talked about the normal ebb and flow of life, the average ups and downs, and how caring for our physical bodies can greatly impact our holistic health in, you know, the normal seasons of life. Um, You know, I think it's helpful and motivating to remember all of the ways that it can help us as human beings instead of just the simplistic mindset of I need to go get a workout in just for my physical health. Right. Um, But it has been um, just a super powerful and helpful tool for us specifically in grief. It has been. And I'd like to just spend a couple minutes sharing how, because whether or not people are in the middle of grief, they may be in the middle of just a, a particularly dark season for a number of other reasons. And um, that can be, I think, a tempting time to shut down, to not exercise, to um, to not, you know, kind of maybe put that in, on hold and feel like I don't feel up to that. And I already have so much heaviness in my life. And last thing I want to do is go work out. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast interview the other day with Shauna Nequist, and she mentioned that her counselor taught her that grief is somatic, which means it lives in our bodies, mm. not just in our thoughts and emotions. And I definitely think that's true. We've definitely felt grief we in our that. bones. Yeah. And if that's possible, we just have. Yeah. Um, but her counselor told her that it would help to literally walk out, to literally walk some of the grief she was experiencing, mm. just walk it out because of some of the devastating circumstances she was dealing with. But her counselor had said that sometimes you literally have to take one step after another to process and release grief. And that really just resonated with me. Yeah, I have walked miles and miles and miles since Jackson died and you have run miles and miles 
Um, you know, we are exercising, but we are also praying and processing and working on forgiveness and letting go of things and building our trust in God's promises and often just running and walking through tears. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think when Jackson died, he was in the middle of cross country season um, and starting his summer training plan um, after coming off of, of track. So he was already in good, good shape. And I had bought him a, uh, or we had bought him a, a Garmin watch. And so we were uploading all of his runs and getting this chance to uh, look at all that. And it, it was beginning to me for the uh, sport to be able to uh, connect of what swimming is like and how you do repeats and intervals and train differently. And you can track all that. And of course we didn't have any of that back when I swam, but um, you know, with the watch and, and making that connection from swimming to cross country, it was a really fun thing for us to do together. Father, son, uh, he was faster than me. That was fun when he would uh, pass me. Um, that was a good day. Um, but when he died, I went back and looked at his last number of runs and, um, I just, I just, um, yeah, wept over that. Mm -hmm. And he was able to run on one of his last runs it was a 10 mile run and held, held like a six minute, six Oh five minute pace mm -hmm. for each, each mile. And, and, um, and I was just, I was just thanking the Lord for his life, his body, for what he uh, could do. And then for me, I'm like, you know, I got to, you know, if I convert that to, you know, uh, uh, kilometers instead of miles, I bet I can hold six minute as well. And, <laughs> and, um, and I ran a number of his runs and I began to run more and I began to run in a way that I could process the grief. Um, you know, you can't hold back tears and running and crying as long as you don't trip. It is a good place to just get rid of tears. Um, I can remember days and days just being in the shower after a run, just weeping and mm -hmm. getting, and getting rid of tears. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just think that was, I just think that was helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, to kind of process a lot of that through a sport that Jackson loved and to be able to figure out a way to get into that sport. I was never a huge runner growing up. Um, and I'm not a great runner today, um, but it has been a really favorite way for me to exercise. Um, it makes me miss my son more oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel connected to what he really liked to do mm -hmm. um, and was super good at. He won the award his first year on the most improved cross-country runner, which is purely math. You take your first run, <laughs> you take your first meet and subtract it from your last meet. And he who has the largest percentage drop yeah, he caught on gets quick. it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And um, so I think that that helped me get back into a more um, faithful rhythm and mm -hmm. not set too high of expectations either on how much I could run or how often I could run, mm -hmm. but just get another one in the books and just process and run and grieve and get in that uh, rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would argue that you are a good runner. So, um, but I also, um, loved the way that bringing our community together to run, um, helped yeah. our grief. One so of Jackson's too. friends, Alex, um, put together a Jackson 5k, um, that we had the first number of years after Jackson died in, that was such a powerful um, way to bring the community together, to remember all of the boys, 
to um, run together, cry together, yeah. um, to remind ourselves that we weren't alone in our grief. For some of Jackson's friends um, to come alongside and help Alex put this together and um, remember their friends. And um, it was just a great way to bring people together in the midst of a really hard time. Um, one of the first things that we did after Jackson died, too, I can't even believe we I did it, but we, did we all ran in the 4th of July Hooper fun run, um, which was just weeks after Jackson died. His girlfriend Molly and her whole family made shirts that we all wore to match. And, you know, like you said, we had all been running before yeah. um, he died. In fact, I think I was probably at the best place I've yeah. ever been. Yeah, you'd already been running. Um, too. Yeah. And so, you know, I think sometimes in grief, there's just this feeling of, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do. How do. Yeah. And that just, it felt good to be like, okay, well, Somebody basically said, I signed you. I think it was Molly was like, I have all the shirts <laughs> for you. We're all going to be there if you want to come. And I just remember thinking, I have no idea what we're supposed to be doing here and grief and what this is supposed to look like. I guess let's just go. And, you know, just uh, Grace and Turner were little. Um, they rode bikes. <laughs> yeah, they did. But um, Justine and you and I and Molly and her whole family and a lot of community friends and you know, we all we all gathered in that park and ran, and it was a very helpful, exhausting, healing, sad, um, but ultimately um, just good thing to do together. Yeah, I do remember that day like it was it was yesterday, and and um, I do think that was um, that was a good picture too of just putting the next foot forward. I mean, physically, that's what running is. And spiritually and emotionally, that's that's really sometimes all you have to do, mm -hmm. all you can do mm -hmm. when you're in the deep, deep darkness of grief. And I do think that um, it was hopeful to put the next foot forward in hope and the promises of God that, yes, we are loved. No, we are not being punished. <laughs> yes, this will be undone and just put the next foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when we come back for a walk or a run or even, you know, finish a strength training workout on the Nike app, I mean, nine times out of 10, I just, I feel lighter. Um, Me too. You know, our grief yeah. and our pain and other burdens in life, they just don't feel as weighty when we've been able to, you know, like I quoted earlier, just step by step work out some of this grief that's not only in our emotions and our feelings and in our mind, but in our bodies. And so, yes, we're moving our body. We're getting steps in. We're working up a sweat. Um, we're working on our physical health. But it also is something that has been key in our faith journey, in our self-care work, in our grief journey, in our healing, in our mental health, and in our spiritual health. What I've always loved about sports and about exercise is that it teaches you things outside the classroom that you just can't can't learn. And I think it's a great picture of, you know, expecting this world to be broken and what are you going to do with that suffering? You know, Paul says in Romans 5, we rejoice in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hmm. And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I, I do think that physical exercise is a way to continue to build your hope 
It is a way to look at the struggles of grief and what you're facing Hmm. um, and to not, and to not waste that, to not say it's good that you want more suffering. It's not that it's, it's that, you know, this is, this is the path right now in front of me and God has poured his love on me and over me in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to waste this. It's going to produce endurance and endurance is going to produce character and character. is going to continue to build the hope that I need to, to then put the next foot forward, to then show mm-hmm. up at work the next day with, you know, hope that the promises of God are indeed real. And, and I, I do think that you learn that from kind of this um, balance and ebb and flow within working out and rest and mm-hmm. exercise. Yeah. Well, let's talk about maybe what some of the typical hindrances might be to people fitting in physical movement. On this podcast, I just love sharing all different kinds of tools that can help people fight for joy. And, um, you know, some will resonate with with people and some won't. Um, I feel like physical exercise, though, is something that um, everybody should give a try. Um, but it, you know, it's it might be good to touch on, you know, what can tend to even happen for us when we don't make time to fit this into our regular schedule. But but first, you know, what, why do you think people have a hard time fitting in exercise? I think one of the one of the things for me that's been a hindrance is my own self that I'm my own worst enemy. Uh, when I let per when I let perfectionism come in, and if this workout today is not better than yesterday's workout, then why even get up? I don't feel good today. Why even get out and run? And I'm not going to be able to put a top ten effort behind this, so I'm just going to wait until I can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, I think what what running and biking, swimming, all these other things have done for me lately in this part of my journey, the last decade or two is really given me a platform to work through perfectionism in a way that I'm no longer crippled by it. Mm. And I've moved on from it in so many ways and so many helpful ways. And I think exercise has done that. Just getting another run in the books, another one in the books, that's, that's going to be good. If you can string weeks together like that, um, that's better than putting one great race in every other week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even, you know, for me, I don't struggle with perfectionism to the same degree, but there are times you can look at this in, in kind of an all or nothing perspective. Right. You know, I think you, people try to find the perfect time to exercise or the perfect exercise program or the perfect app or the perfect weather or waiting to feel motivated. And instead of just like you said, kind of adding up one exercise session at a time and, um, just doing, doing something, um, done is better than perfect. As we've said before, it is, I think it's helped me set realistic expectations of just how much you can exercise and you are human and you're, you're also, um, have a full-time job. You're, you're not going to be able to exercise for hours upon end. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that you can put in and set realistic expectations to be able to get this done? And one of the great, uh, you know, benefits is the the harder I work out, the harder I sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> right? yeah, oh yeah. And the the more I work out during the course of the week, as we talked last time, the more the rest on Sunday feels that much sweeter. So, right. Um, I think setting realistic expectations, a fifteen minute run, if that's all I can get in, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I sure love it when I can go for a long, slow hour run. 
where my daughter can lap me. Um, but, uh, that can't happen every day and right. you're not going to feel like that every day. And sometimes you're on a run and you're fighting either throwing up or feeling really lousy and that's okay. That's, that's hard enough for that day and yeah. just come back and hit it again the next day. Yeah. I mean, it's important to remember that there will be great workouts. There'll yeah. be terrible workouts. Yeah. And then in between, there's going to be a lot and a lot of normal, average, even sometimes boring workouts. I think another thing is people, you know, want immediate results. They want to run a fi- faster a 5k one. right away. They're hoping to lose some weight. They want to lift heavier weights. They, you know, even want to enjoy working out and these things take time. And so we get impatient and think after a few weeks or sometimes even a few days that it's, well, it's just not working and, um, and give up. Uh, it's also, you know, this is a broken world. We are, we are, we have broken bodies. Um, things will go wrong right now. I'm dealing with some Achilles tendonitis and that's discouraging. Um, and it is tempting at times to just totally throw in the towel and be like, well, I'm just not going to do anything until it's healed. Um, but it takes work and it's important to, to adapt and to just get a little bit more creative. I think we've also seen that, you know, sometimes what used to work doesn't work anymore. Um, so sometimes we have to adapt to different seasons of life, different things that are more age appropriate. Um, you know, hitting middle age combined with stressful things like my mom in hospice and passing away and COVID and young adult and teen struggles that are heavy for me as a mom, um, my doctor, you know, had just kind of encouraged me to make a few changes that, um, make sure working out isn't another stressor, um, on my mind and my body, which I had not thought of, you know, she said, even just switching the music to more uplifting music, um, you know, less running, more weightlifting, more walking. She suggested yoga. I haven't tried that yet, but I'm hoping to, and just saying at this time in my life, when my body is transitioning to try to, not add stress to my body and mind during, um, with a workout. Um, so it's been, it's been a helpful way for me to think about how can I move my body? How can I exercise and work out in a way that is, um, taking away stress, not adding, um, more stress. Yeah. I would add, uh, you know, two more things on there. One is I think it, it, we get prevented from working out when we do the same thing day in and you know day mm-hmm. out. Our, out. Yeah. our bodies are really meant to kind of be mixed up. Our mm-hmm. bodies love it when we throw something new at it. So you do arms one day, you do legs the next day, or you run one day, you bike. You know, there's there's all sorts of things. The more you can kind of mix it up and mm-hmm. create on that, instead of just knock out the same 25 minute run day in and day out. Now there are seasons in my life where that was super helpful. And that was especially helpful in grief, just to get a book, get on the treadmill, do 25 minutes and cry. I mean, that that was Mm -hmm. super, super helpful. Um, I think the other thing that keeps people from working out is that they have, they don't have a goal or they have the wrong goal. One Mm -hmm. of the things we learned was Lots of studies have been done that, you know, treadmill and running is not for weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't fix um, that by just being like, I'm going to eat however I want, and then I'm just going to fix it by running far. And that's, that's just physically doesn't, doesn't work and is not, and is not helpful. I think that's where doing a couch to 5k is helpful to put some kind of Mm -hmm. focus or goal out there Mm -hmm. a ways down to be like, I don't have to be ready today, but my workouts are focused in a way months ahead to keep me focused, keep me mixing it up, keep me doing something different um, for a, you know, goal in mind. I think Mm -hmm. that's been 
that's been super helpful for me that it's been some of the right goals and in, you know, some of the ways to keep it, uh, you know, focused. Right, right. Because you're right. If you're looking at exercise as a way to make up for another area in your life that you're not paying attention to, then the workout feels like punishment. And then (laughs) after a while, you just, you don't want to do that anymore. You don't want to be punished. You don't want to feel like, uh, I have to do this because of the, you know, what I did earlier in the day or, you know, if I don't fit out in a workout today, you know, then I'm going to gain weight or um, kind of using the word should a lot, like I should fit in a workout. And so, yeah, to kind of transform your thinking into more of, oh my word, I get to work out and my body is able to carry me through this run or this strength training exercise and kind of looking at it as more of a reward for a healthy body that you get to continue to take care of and, um, and nurture And I think it's also important to just listen to your body. I think, you know, we all know people, like you said, who have totally beaten up their bodies because they're just overworking it, overtraining it. They're not listening to the cues that their body is giving. Um, Because sometimes, you know, there's days that it's like, man, would a nice, you know, half an hour run feel the best or would a half an hour nap feel the best? Like what, looking at yourself holistically, what do I need today? What would be the most beneficial today? Um, now some people would say a nap every single day. So I'm saying like, you have to, you have to look at it, um, with a good perspective, but I'm just saying that there are times you do need to listen to your body and say, man, I'm not feeling the best right now. Maybe I need to slow down and walk. Maybe I need to do quite a bit more stretching. Um, yeah. 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 I think, um, I think for me now that I'm at 50, um, it's also wrestling through the fact that I'm not ever going to have the times that I probably had, certainly when I was mm-hmm. in college yeah, and even true. when Jackson died and I was able to do some faster 5Ks. So like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Do you just give up and say, well, I, I can never go that fast again? Or is that a you know realistic goal or is the goal just to continue to um, focus on, you know, body and soul and keep, keep moving, you know, forward and setting more realistic expectations that it realistically, I'm not going to be that fast. And what do you, and what do you do with that? Um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite verses is, uh, second Corinthians four, where Paul says, so we do not lose heart though. Our outer self is wasting away. And we do feel that through seasons of our lives. And especially, uh, after uh, 50, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Hmm. And we do... As our bodies waste away, there is a way to have our hope continue to build mm-hmm. um, for where we are going and where we're at. We're going to be slowing down, mm-hmm. um, but that is preparing for us a greater eternal weight of glory for us to experience God yeah. with. That's a great way to fight comparison too. just remember we won't be in comparison with, right. with other people, but also with right. our past selves and what we were right. able to do at one point. Um, well, let's let's talk through just a couple tips, um, maybe some apps we use, just ideas of things that have made working out a little easier, a little more convenient, able to, you know, kind of track what we're doing. Um, we both like the Nike training app. Yep. Um, do They're, you also use the Nike running app? 
Yeah, their companion app is the Nike okay. running app, and um, that uh, can be used with or without an Apple Watch. You don't need it. It can be any kind of uh, phone. You just take your phone with you when you run, which also is a great source for music. Um, but it does let you connect with friends on there, um, mm -hmm. and it does let you keep track of workouts and see what you do over time. And I think that's been... That's been very helpful, both of those apps. I mentioned uh, Strava is is really fun. That's a little bit more comp, uh, comprehensive than just running. Um, and so you can track other kind of exercises with that as well. And it works like Facebook where you get to connect with others also, um, which is a fun way to um, do this, um, you know, together as a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We both have Apple watches. That really helps um, yeah. for us to uh, track, keep track of a lot of things on that. Um, right now I'm doing a free trial for Smart Gym, which is another app um, that kind of uses some artificial intelligence to m create workouts based on what equipment you have, what time you have, um, how old you are, just some of those things. So that's been fun for me to to try and experiment with. Yeah, We both like to have playlists already ready. Yes. So that whether we're heading out on a walk or a run, we're not trying to mess around with, um, with trying to find good music. Uh, we already have playlists ready. For me, I have a number of them based on yeah. if I'm walking or running or what my feelings are at that time. Um, when you were talking about you not being able to maybe run the same way that you did in different... Um, decades of your life uh, that made me think of my friend Anne, who printed out a chart uh, we're starting to work together on um, training for a 5k and she printed out a, a chart that kind of shows what a good um, time would be for a 5k at different ages and so she and I are both mm, around yeah. 50 and so we can kind of look at the chart and be like okay for a 50 year old this is probably a good goal Instead of being like, okay, the last time I ran a 5k yeah, was 10 like years that. ago. So, and I ran this, you know, and so I want to run that again. And so that was helpful. Just kind of, there's so much available online. Um, you can Google basically anything yeah. and figure out a good running plan, a good walking plan, a good training plan, a good uh, eating plan to go along with the yeah. <laughs> running plan. Um, so, yeah. The other piece that's been helpful for me on the Apple Watch is that it does track heart rate. Mm-hmm. And so lately I've been shifting away from how fast am I going per kilometer? Can I beat Jackson's time still um, for miles, which is obviously mm -hmm. a lot harder to do on miles than it is, you know, um, running metric system. But um, and, and, you know, moving away from time to um, to heart rate zones. And that's uh, you just. um what take your age and subtract it away from 220 and that's kind of your max heart rate and then that divides up into five different zones and spending minutes in each of the first couple zones um, is a different way for me to think about training and exercise and it kind of frees me up too from having to hit so much of a pace per um, distance. Um, and it's just about, you know, working your body out at that age, um, mm -hmm. in the various heart rate zones and not overdoing it, but being able to do certain exercises in zones one and two and track your, you know, minutes on that has been much more helpful than trying to set, um, records. Yeah, that's good. We also both use a sleep app and that's been helpful for us as we continue to think about all the different ways to care for yes. ourselves physically. It's not just a workout. Um, focusing on getting good sleep and some intentionality around what we do um, around bedtime, some different routines and rituals to ensure we get a good night's sleep. 
has helped. Um, the app that we use is called Pillow, and um, that's been fun to just kind of track some of yeah. our sleeping patterns and um, helpful to focus on that. I think another tip too is just to continue to stay on top of visiting your doctor. Um, we both yeah. are really good about getting a yearly physical in. Um, we're hitting the age now where we're going to need to start doing other things yearly and, <laughs> and just staying on top of that, um, making sure that we are getting everything checked out um, and uh, paying attention to all the different aspects of our physical health. Yeah. Yeah, well um, what about when we aren't able to fit this in? Let's just talk about just um, some negative effects when we do go through some sort of a, a slump or life just all of a sudden two weeks have gone by and it's like, oh, I haven't even gotten a workout in. Um, what are some of the ways that we see um, that negatively affecting us? Yeah, I think I, th I think for me it shows up in um, I can see that my that I've got a lack of energy that I'm not able to be as excited for things, a little harder to get up for work. Um, there's more dread. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just you're just um, heavier in heart and mind. Um, I feel that kind of creeping in when I when I've kind of lost balance and I've just been focusing in on mind and soul, mm -hmm, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, and and I've just been eating normally, uh, but you're not burning as much if you're not working out. Um, and and so you just I think I think for me that would be one of the first things to uh, show up. I think the other thing, like I mentioned, would be headaches. I think that that correlates I think to kind of where my stress goes um, and where my where it kind of builds up um, and and I think that those are a couple things thirdly probably sleep is not as good mm -hmm. the uh, sleep app percent starts to drop I think um, mm -hmm. you're not as long it's not as good of, of uh, sleep um, you don't have as many minutes and kind of that deep sleep zone mm -hmm. Um which for those of us that love math, I mean, all these apps that we mentioned are super cool. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. you can actually see how how many minutes you've spent in deep in deep sleep, and I think that you're just you just functionally start to get out of that. So those are three yeah, for no, me that I those, start to see. Yeah, I I don't deal with headaches like you do, but definitely trouble sleeping. I don't sleep as well. Um, definitely less energy. It sounds so counterintuitive. It does. It really that does. When you don't work out, you have less energy you would think that you were preserving energy by not working out but um yeah there is just so much science backing the way that you um it gives you such a boost of energy and um helps you not to feel as sluggish i also get a lot more um or get less productive i think yeah. when i don't and again counterintuitive you'd feel like <laughs> well if i take an hour here to go for a walk and do some strength training that's an hour less in my day, but um, actually when I do fit that in, uh, the rest of my day is just a lot more productive. Um, I also notice that I worry a lot more yeah. um, when I take too long of a break from exercising, um, when I'm missing out on just the physical ways that my body can release stress and anxious thoughts and feelings, they just pile up and kind of come out in weird ways like impatience and negativity and worry. Um, and I think, you know, for me personally, it does affect my intimacy with the Lord. As I mentioned, I do a lot of praying and focusing on God and my walk with him when I am out walking and running. So when that's not there, it doesn't go unnoticed in my spiritual journey. Yeah, I do find myself kind of pulling inward more and not wanting to be with as much people. Mm -hmm. um, 
maybe and that's that's not always good um kind of retreating into yourself is not always the best best spot to be um one of the uh quotes from a few hundred years ago is you know for every for every look at yourself you better be looking at your savior and maker mm. <laughs> seven times mm-hmm. um, and i think i get kind of the seven to one ratio or ten to one ratio whatever they said of just being too introspective and just pulled in uh, too much and that pulls me from uh, people as well yeah well i think we're about ready to wrap it up is there anything else you wanted to mention I think the only thing left on on my list is one of the uh, verses that I love on this topic too is Romans 6. Um, And it just talks about our bodies um, are how we worship. Um, They're an instrument. Like if you want to proclaim the goodness of God um, and it's all about music, then how do you... How do you learn the violin and play it really, really well? Well, you think of your body like this violin and... Paul says, for just as you once presented your members or your bodies as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading more, uh, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to mm-hmm. sanctification. And I just, I just love the concept and idea that our our bodies matter. It's 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 where uh, worship happens, and we're called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and and that our bodies would be instruments of righteousness to proclaim the goodness of God, to show how we love others, how we connect with others in time and space, and how others feel love from us and uh and we feel love, you know, from from others. Our our bodies matter and, and I want it to be an instrument um that plays really, really well. Yeah, that's a great way to end. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for talking through all of this with me today. I continue to hear over and over how much people love it when you're on here with me. Oh, thank you. We just heard it again last night. We were out for dinner <laughs> with some friends and they they said that too. So thanks for being willing to be my co-host this season. Thanks for covering this topic today. It's an important one. And I think our encouragement as we close is just that if you're not already in a routine with this and aren't experiencing the holistic benefits of regular body movement, just start. Just start small, start imperfectly, get out five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, Again, it seems counterintuitive to hear that if you're absolutely exhausted and stressed out, sad and weary, that exerting more effort will help, but it will. It will help you to feel lighter and bring body, soul, and spiritual benefits that have the potential to just greatly accelerate your fight for joy. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.